Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, While I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Hey, this is Adam from Toronto, and I support Creative Control because Vish is full stop one of the best arts interviewers in Canada, or anywhere in the world, really. He approaches every episode like he's known the artist for years, creating a conversational atmosphere that gets straight to the heart of the work. No one else in podcasting gets it quite right like he does, with a mixture of meticulous research, wise artistic insights, and well-humored personal connections. I proudly support Vish and Creative Control on Patreon. You should, too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. Elizabeth Powell is a beloved and talented songwriter, singer, and musician currently based in Montreal, Quebec. Originally from Aurelia, Ontario, Powell spent their formative years living in Guelph, Ontario, where they first pursued music and public performance, eventually becoming one of Canada's most powerful and captivating artists, and at one point releasing music under names like Ellie Kay and Belle Epoque. In 2006, Powell emerged as Land of Talk, an acclaimed and influential band that has featured different members, but is always spearheaded by Powell. Over the past 17 years, Land of Talk has released four EPs and five albums, with the latest record marking a rather significant shift 
and its electric guitar-charged sound. The album is called Performances. It was released on October 13th, 2023 by Saddle Creek Records Worldwide and Nextdoor Records in Canada. And it prompted Liz and I to have a good talk about things like uh, taking care of her parents at home and their culturally rich upbringing, experimenting with their singing voice and trading their guitar in for keys, exploring gender fluidity and reflecting upon abuse and the lack of protection they've had in music communities and within the music industry, voyeurism and objectification, younger artists who look up to Land of Talk, performativity and performances, dress codes, and old sitcoms like Family Ties, the Twin Peaks theme song, and reflecting upon early indie rock influences, future plans for Land of Talk, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners just like you who follow and subscribe to this donor-driven podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control. That is the primary source of revenue for all the work that goes into this podcast. So if you can, please support me and Creative Control on Patreon, if possible. Plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 808 of Creative Control, featuring the mighty Elizabeth Powell of Land of Talk with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Liz. How's it going? I am actually doing well, all things considered. I'm back in my hometown, just uh, lightening the caregiving load. My parents are going through some health issues, and um, everybody is rallying around and, and helping them out during this time. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear about that, but also uh, it's heartening to hear that you're getting some support because that's not uh, that's caregiving is not something you can uh, really would want to be doing on your own. I imagine. Um, no. Exactly. No. Well, it's nice. That's nice that they uh, have a community. We've talked about your parents uh, a few times on the show before, and uh, I just want to send my best wishes, obviously, to you and your family. Thank you. Yeah. I'll pass that on to them. Thank you. I, I have actually have a significant memory of your mother coming to shows in Guelph. <laughs> I'm sure you, you do. Play. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She, she would come. at she, everyone. Yep. Yeah. Very supportive, right? Oh, yeah. And up here, they've just had to move and there's, I'm surrounded by boxes. And I just found a box of like every piece of press, every like old recordings, old, um, even an old email, like an old mailing list from like, I don't even know when, but like all printed out. So yeah, she's definitely like the archivist and definitely like the proud parent. And she's, and also she would, my brother, Gray Powell is, um, a stage actor and now TV and film. He made the transition over the pandemic, was forced into TV and film. Um, and again, my mom was just resharing a Globe and Mail article about him today because he's doing oh. a, a play called uh, Appropriate. I would love to go see it. Anyway, so she's, my parents are very proud parents and definitely champions of the arts and, uh, and culture. So yeah. 
I am definitely a product of my, <laughs> my parents' passions and, uh, yeah, and values. And yeah, very, very supportive. Very lucky for that. I can't recall. Are they themselves people who performed in any way, given the fact that you and your brother both got into like uh, performance? And then, by the no. way, great segue, great segue for this record performances. But uh, sorry, right, right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <were> they, <laughs> I didn't mean to, cut, didn't, yeah. mean to cut, didn't mean to cut you off there. Uh, were they, were they, no, it was worth it. it, was were, worth they, it. <laughs> yeah. were they performers of any kind? Or well, it's funny. My mom was just telling a story this morning about she's a great um, like textile and design. Like she went to OCA before it was OCAD. She was at Ontario College of Art in textile design, like tapestry like she, we always had big looms and she we had sheep uh, a sheep farm and she would shear the sheep and spin the wool and made beautiful pieces but again it's just she's really impressed with both her kids for just persisting in an industry that is so nearly impossible to do unless I don't know you win the lottery or unless you're just extremely lucky it's a real grind but she did just say that she remembers um, being in a band uh, her first year of college and they were they told her that they needed to audition a real singer because she just wasn't cutting it. And um, apparently Neil Young was part of that. Uh, Neil Young made an appearance or, or tried to sing in the band or I oh. don't know if it, anyway, something about Neil Young and and her not not being good enough vocalists for this Band. I would like to know who these band members were that didn't think my mom or Neil Young could really like didn't, didn't cut it vocally. But um, it's, it's just funny now how it turned out, as we know. Neil Young. They probably uh, it sounds like they probably got a singer who could uh, do the bass. Because those are right, maybe th- those are. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't know your mother's register, but Neil's is pretty high. So uh, yeah, yeah, they needed. They just needed a bassier singer. But yeah, so I think that she always had dreams of being an artist. But again, like reality kind of drop kicks you and you find yourself just doing whatever you can to survive. But um, I know a lot of we're, we're surrounded by a lot of creative people and we're, there was yeah. always musicians and artists in the house. And um, so they definitely and, sh- and then my parents went on like my mom was always working at community theaters and and developing she developed like a children's theater program at the Aurelia Opera House so every month she would have something you know Sharon Lois and Bram or all these kind of kids performers come in and really started a, a, a children's theater program for yeah and then we were always in orchestra and wow okay very lucky yeah yeah, yeah. so it was definitely like it wasn't an accident that I became a musician I think it was just so <laughs> It was right there, and it was always very welcome. Yeah. So, well, that's yeah. that's lovely. Again, my best to to you and your family, and uh, uh, I hope all is well. Um, I, I guess it's segue day because we were just talking yeah. about bass vocalists and low registers yeah. and high registers. Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. The, the record uh, ostensibly after a really lovely instrumental has this song. Uh, where yeah. you you sing really low, I believe. I worry that I, yeah. no, it's your beautiful self. That's the one I'm yeah. thinking of, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's just dive right in. I'm curious about that decision. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting way to begin a, a record to be like, wait, is this land of talk? I don't hear guitars as much as I usually yeah. do, and yeah. now the singing is different than I'm used to. You yeah. seem you seem to be in a place where you're. <laughs> reimagining what land of talk maybe is let's start let's start with your voice on that song if we may uh what what compelled you to sing 
so low, I think. And and I guess sorry, just so I'm yeah, I, I, I'm not speaking uh, uh, incorrectly. That's an anomaly. You have you ever sang like this before on a land of talk? No, yeah. I guess I just gave myself permission to sing in a low register because I could, and because I don't know why I would sing high all the time. Like, I guess I just started just realizing how much uh, freedom I actually have with my own music, and I. This is the thing too. Like, I feel like. I get a lot of credit for like actually thinking these things through and like knowing why I did things. And I don't always know. It's a lot of like impulse, stream of consciousness stuff. A lot of the time, like just circumstance and like when I'm grappling with technology and maybe like my lack of patience and my like shortening window of tolerance for just like like I think I it's probably just a culmination, like all these factors. Yeah ended up in me singing really low that day like and maybe um i know i was listening to echo and the bunny man like the kill like the killing moon yeah and just like listening to that register and like i i don't really know much about echo and the bunny man or i just that song was kind of on a playlist and i was it was in my mind and it was kind of on the tip of my tongue when I was started to and you're starting from nothing like the song was the song like the instrumental stuff it's the lyrics and the vocals that like come last sometimes so you're kind of just like well it's so it's like the it's dizzying like the amount of ways you could go in like musically the amount and also like what used to inform maybe what used to inform my vocal choices was like something that I like just like an unconscious or like just a subconscious set of beliefs or maybe self-limiting beliefs like who knows (laughs) that's why it's really hard sometimes to articulate like yeah and also like I really liked that melody but I didn't want to and I wanted to repeat it but I didn't want to repeat it twice in the same register and then there's always like Hmm. when I was a kid like realizing or noticing that like a powerful song, like to me, like when a song, like it's always such a big cathartic or like there's this climax where like the vocalist goes up the octave and it's always seems to be this like real vocal feat to like, I'm trying to think of like, even like the Beyonce, I guess, I guess that's just like an obvious, like uh, if I was a boy, if I were a boy, she starts really low yeah. and then she goes up the octave like, and it's like this real triumphant thing I don't know like maybe I was just kind of curious about just chasing that sensation and there was in the original vocal track which I'm so glad Rena Rena wanted to keep it in Rena's the engineer of the record Rena Kozak um because between the first verse and the second verse there's me kind of like just joking around and being just I don't know making jokes and then I go and now we go up the octave (laughs) which is so obnoxious and we're not like but I think it was maybe just like a sensory, like I just, and who knows? And there's also like the past few years, it's, we haven't been touring because of COVID. Um, and even when we tried to tour last year, when we thought we were in the clear, we all got COVID mm-hmm. <laughs> and haven't really played live. Like, I think I used to really think about like, how are these songs going to translate live? And that was always a factor. And I think for this time around, I was more just like, 
there was no rehearsal space to be making a lot of noise in. And so I was just more isolated at home in front of the laptop, keeping quiet because I live in a building and I don't want to disrupt my neighbors. And it's also embarrassing. Like I'm self-conscious about singing things and having other people hear me. Like, so I guess I just, that informed the choices I was making. And then even, so it's so many things. It's like, I can't put my finger on it. But yeah, I, I did it because I could. And and also, like, what was Land of Talk and how many people informed what the Land of Talk sound was and how how much in control was I of that or how much... Yeah. Like, I'm not the kind of person that is, like, really confident about my ideas. Like, I really... I have a big imagination and I'm very expressive and emotive in my playing and I love getting a vibe down. But when it comes to like production choices and when it comes to like other people being more vocal about the vision they have, like, I think I just, I defer a lot to like whoever the most confident person is in the room is. And it's not usually me. Like, even though I am, I I write the songs and it's me, like there would be no land of talk without me. Sometimes like, it's just hard to it's and it's hard in any like any kind of project it's easy to start but it's really hard to finish for me like I find just getting the motivation and having the wherewithal to like finish a song and to make actual concrete choices like instead of like I could just improvise all day long and I would like to just press record and improvise and maybe I'll do that one day but it seems like I struggle with trying to confine my songs to like a pop structure and temporal like keep it within three to four minutes, make sure there's a core. Like there are all these standards, like songwriting standards that I think I've just kind of absorbed and I take them for granted. But I guess like maybe I'm kind of going, well, you only live once as far as I know. And so maybe let's just try some new things. And also I kind of, I got really into my own world and didn't even really consider how other people would, respond to the record like I was just like making songs and I feel like the people who listen to Land of Talk are like so uh supportive and so loyal and so like I just trust that whatever I do is going to it might not be your favorite thing but you'll you'll accept it and it'll somehow be respected as just like a creative choice that I made and yeah so I guess it's also just a testament to all the people who have been following me as an artist and like Land of Talk as a band for all these years, I was just at the point where I was like, oh, maybe I'm comfortable enough. I can kind of like let some stuff hang out or I can just kind of try new things and be more experimental and and not rely. I just didn't want to play guitar. I don't know why. I just hmm. like stopped. Re I stopped reaching for my guitar. I stopped. It stopped bringing me pleasure to like play guitar. And that was kind of sad, but I tried to make the best of it. And oh, also, this is something that I totally forgot to put in the bio. And I forgot that this was also a factor as to why I got really key centric. Yeah. It's because um, one of my dear friends and like a, an amazing artist, musician, was doing a huge tour. And I and she texted me and was like, hey, do you want to sing? Do you, like, would you ever consider playing in my band or like singing, like singing backups and touring with me? And I just lost my mind. I was like, are you kidding me? This is the call I've been waiting for. I would love to be a side player, like just like a 
I would love that. And I would love to support such an incredible artist. And so I said, yes, absolutely. And then as the conversations went, and then as, you know, it gets through management and through other people, like managers start talking, and then a musical director got thrown into the mix. And it was somehow there was a broken telephone that like I was scheduled to be backup singing and playing keys for this like huge band, which like I don't play keys. I've never, I've never played keys in a band. I don't really have any chops. I, I write on keys sometimes, but just for the chordal, like for voice leading and for anyway. And so I got so excited. And then once it all, once, anyway, once we figured out that like, I, I don't have the chops to be like, to be playing keys on a world tour for this incredible musician, uh, I lost the gig. And so that really, really made me sad and bummed out. And I thought maybe I can play, like I'm going to, Again, maybe it was like a stubborn, maybe it was but, like but a... If I may, what kind of broken telephone occurs where a musician like yourself, who is not known for playing an instrument, is assigned that instrument? Because I, I... How I does that... Know. I don't know. How? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I wish, like, I wish I knew... <laughs> But I love. It might like, as well be maybe, slide maybe trombone, just, like just what you're going to be playing slide trombone. What? I don't know how to play slide trombone. What are you talking about? And I should have, I should have lied. I, I should have just done what a lot of like. I just have a lot of. I, I'm not an overachiever, yeah. and I'm not. But maybe I could have made it work. But I didn't want to disappoint anybody. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it just speaks to like how much trust and conf- maybe people think I'm this like amazing musician, like a poly, like a like a multi instrumentalist, but. um Oh, but I was so sad. But so I just, so that also might have, maybe this says something about me, like in my emotional immaturity or that I'm reactive. But I thought like, oh, I'm going to play keys. All right. I'm going to make this whole record. No, no, like, that's, it's all keys. That's, that is Guelph toughness. That is toughness. You, that's <laughs> just a little bit of spite to make you a better person and musician. Just a, oh, you don't right. think I can do that? You know what? Uh, I yeah. I accept your challenge. By the I'm yeah. going to be the best at this. No, I I'm really sorry. Like, I'm yeah. really sorry that yeah. that occurred. Um there's so many yeah. things you said that I want to get to. I will say Liz and I'm not just saying this to gush like I've stopped myself from tweeting and and posting this. Every couple of months I get sent a record and I almost want to yeah. always write I don't know what it is, but everything sounds like Lando talk to me. And I, what is that? What? I think, That's and amazing. then when I talk to really? when I talk to artists who are younger or whatever, they will cite you. Uh, I, we didn't talk about it when um, Julia Steiner from Rat Boys was on, and I I pick up on some Lando talk stuff. But I saw in other press that uh, she did. Uh, she mentioned yeah. she mentioned Lando talk. This Julia Jacqueline record from a what? couple of years ago. I'm like clearly. Landa Talk, Charlotte Cornfield. I love yeah, Julia. I, I, don't I know, love Julia. I love Charlotte. I don't Charlotte. know that... I haven't talked yeah. to all of these people, but even the Fen Lily record that came out this year that I love. Like, I just feel like... I, I stop myself because I just feel like your influence is unsung to some uh, extent. And again, I have a bias because I know your work yeah. and maybe they've never heard of you. I don't yeah. know. But there's just something... Yeah. When I do get to talk to people, like, oh, of course... Of course, I love Land of Talk, and it's a big deal. So really? I want to say that real quick. I want to jump back to a few things Thank that are you. going on here. I might say I'm a, th- a legacy artist. You, <laughs> you're just really <laughs> That's my legacy. You're really. I don't have children, but I have. <laughs> I have a legacy of my music. You're really yeah. great. I don't let me forget the children thing because I was listening to your songs here, and there's a couple yeah. where you say, 
And I'm just going to throw this. Sorry, we're going to jump around a little bit today. That's the way you and I. Yeah. That's how Liz and Vish do, everyone. We're going to jump around. It's true. On Marriott, yeah. you sing, I hold, I think you're singing, I hold you like a baby or I want to hold you like a baby. Yeah. And then on Rainbow Protection, you say, they should hold you like a baby. Something about, I know. there's something going on there. And I want to. I don't know what, I know. <laughs> and it's like feeling like amniotic. Like I talk about amniotic fluid. Like yeah. there's a lot of like child, like. Not and I, it's not about. I don't have any desire. Let's just get this straight. I have no desire to have children, and I'm very glad that I do not have children. I love my friends who have children. I love parents who are called to be parents, and they do it so well. And I just like that's beautiful. But um, yeah, so it's. It, it, I feel like it's more. There's. It's. I think it's beyond again because I don't know how to. It, it's just pure feeling and it's coming out like I don't it's it's not I don't think about what I'm saying I think about it afterwards because I'm like can I have two songs that say hold you like a baby and holding like a baby like I think maybe there's something about safety maybe I'm singing about like maybe it's not I I have no idea maybe because of like there's a lot oh and also like oh see there's stuff I want to talk about but I also just have to like keep some things for me. Mm. But oh, I really want to talk about this with you, but I don't think now is the time. And maybe we could talk about it off the record. Okay. But let's just touch on like, like growing up in the Guelph music scene and being a young like assigned female at birth person and like performing femininity. I mean, as far as I knew, like had I known about like, that, I could have had a prone. If had I known <laughs> about non-binary or gender fluidity or that there was. Beyond, there was life beyond the binary for kids. Like I would have been identifying as non-binary since like day one, yeah. but, but still like there's, and then kind of coming through like, like 26, kind of like the me too, like I, me too was a real bit like it, it, there's a lot of things that happened that I didn't realize were wrong, but yeah. there was like being hypersexualized by like a lot of the older men in the, in the Guelph music scene and beyond. Like, we won't talk about it, but, like, there are some dudes that, like, I don't, <laughs> hmm. that you know. Like, I just, I was not protected and I was not safe. And I think that there's a lot of reckoning. Like, I think I'm really kind of going, hey, man, like, we were all, like, hardcore straight edge, punk rock, like, f- apparently feminists. Like, our politics all seem to be, like, you know, unimpeachable, like, tight and... But there was still like predatory men, predatory sex pests in the punk rock scene, predatory sex pests in the Toronto music scene. And I was right in and I and I didn't know that I could protect. I didn't. And nobody was protecting me. Nobody. And I didn't. So that is huge. And so maybe this whole like hold you like a babe. Like, I think it might. I don't know. This is just me trying to like maybe. And then after that, like. It's, it got worse. Like, I'll be, like, I came up in the industry, like a lot of us people, it was like a male-dominated industry. And it's still, as we know, people we thought we could trust are now, like, being exposed. And we're shining a light on, like, yeah. some really just, like, harmful behaviors that were so normalized. So, um, like, there's got to be that. And, I mean, also moving back to Montreal and then getting caught in a web of like a very um malignant abusive person who is in the music scene like there's a lot that I can't talk about because it puts me like 
And I know people listening, I know there are some of you that know exactly what I'm talking about and who I'm talking about and stuff, but I just have to tread lightly because I know, but I think so in my music, maybe I'm like, I'm taught, like, I wish, like, it, maybe it's about protection. There's rainbow protection. Like, why did I call the song rainbow protection? Yeah. I'm obviously grappling with like, or I'm like childhood stuff and wishing things were different, hoping for like making sure things are different for any kid under my watch. Like I'm a, yeah, I am a very protective. I'm a, I'm a bear for anybody I see that's being um, subject to any kind of harmful behavior or, but yeah, which also kind of isolates me. Like people don't like the status quo being like even people in the Montreal music scene, like, they're comfortable with the way things are and they don't want to know that their friend, their super charismatic like friend is maybe a harmful person. So you just kind of have to, so then that also informed this record. Like I was very isolated, not just because of the pandemic, but because of people abusing their power and abusing their status. And so, yeah. So I guess like when I'm singing amniotic and I'm singing about these kind of birth, like, it's not about parenthood. It's not about what I'm actually, it's not about that. It's about, yeah, maybe it's about I'm kind of trying to self-soothe or I'm trying to rewrite something or it's like a lullaby for me. I don't know. But yeah, You're, I don't know. So you you might be the baby in these lyrics. Or like, or, or like, you, or like I'm like, I'm angry or I'm like, you should pr- like. Protect me. Yeah. They should yeah. like that. Like that's not on you. Like you should. There was somebody who, who should protect. Like it's not your fault. Or like you're so innocent. And there sh- there should have been something between you and the threat, or you and the predator. Like maybe. So yeah, maybe it's kind of like hey again, kind of like hey fuck you. Like yeah, nah, that's not gonna like. That's not the way it should have been. I'll I'll tell you how it should have been. Right. They should. But then I also thought that was like I I was. That's the only lyric I could sing. Like this is I think in. They should hold you like a baby high up on the mountain. I kind of was like that's kind of Lion King imagery too. Like I'm sorry. Holding a baby. I did think of the Lion King. <laughs> Which I was kind of like okay cool let it happen like I don't know it's there for a reason I did too. <laughs> <laughs> which I love though because it's still like there's got a, there's a reason it's tangential it's my stream of consciousness I'm just like picking on images and also just like words that feel good like yeah but again I think it does a disservice to the song itself and to and I and I feel bad like I hope that people listening don't hear like I don't want to break it down because I don't I don't even know how to break it down like it's the I wrote the song because I don't know how to talk like that's it's it's poetry. It's I appreciate that. I don't know. It's pure feeling. I appreciate this. Um, I think there's ways of articulating hard thoughts uh, via music, um, and I understand that even the person creating them might not know what it actually means, but it's coming from some yeah. some place. But I think you've also made a, a choice in your expression to, I guess, to be reductive, switch instruments and. Yeah. I'm going to say something maybe a little bit weird, but maybe it makes sense. I don't know. We talked about you sort Super of modulating weird, yeah. your voice to get deeper. 
you're you've put a guitar sort of down. You put the electric guitar down. In yes. the annals of music and pop culture, I don't know if this is an incorrect thing to say, but I think the electric guitar is a fairly hyper masculine symbol. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, phallic. Well, like it shouldn't be, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Sister Rosetta Tharp exactly. was the first fucking rock and roll. You yeah. know, like it should be like, but yeah, it got co op. It got. Yeah, it got. So yes. again, this is where I'm, I want to tread lightly for myself. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but you begin a record singing lower. You you you're not playing guitar. I feel like the last time you were on this show, we had to talk about you rejecting performative uh, femininity. Maybe is a way of putting it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, again, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to be careful and not say the wrong thing. And now on this record and in the biographical info, that that sentiment seems more pronounced. I guess I wonder in in trading in what Land of Talk sort of was, this is really going to get hokey, singing about babies and being reborn, if you will. <laughs> sorry. I, uh, <laughs> I am sorry. I'm I sorry. I feel like I'm writing an English essay and it's not going, I'm going to get a B minus on no. this, but my point is... My, <laughs> no, this is the best. This is homeschooling. There are no grades. My point is... Do you think there's something swirling around in your choices here and the things you're singing about? And I don't want to discount anything you've just said about uh, existing in a in a problematic Montreal music scene or a music industry that is itself really fucked up uh, for people yes. who identify it's as disgusting. women. Yeah, it's gross and horrible. Yeah, it's disgusting. Right. Yes. So do you think in in presenting yourself as Land of Talk in this regard, uh, no guitar, yeah. less guitars. I shouldn't say no guitars, fewer guitars. Um, yeah. And singing all over the record, I think your voice is doing different things, to be honest. Um, yeah. And sometimes it's distorted and alien and processed. There's something you're doing here to be a different version of yourself. And I think maybe challenge the perception of who you are that is widely perceived do you and, and but I feel like I know the answer to this. This wasn't necessarily conscious. You're saying I don't really actually also have a, a good idea. Like I I wish I had a better <laughs> grasp on like how I was perceived because like it's a, like I don't understand. Hmm. I don't understand really clearly how I'm perceived, or maybe I get little whip like wafts of how I'm perceived, and I'm like, oh, that's that's just like maybe I don't really have a sense of a strong sense of not self, but like my, whatever my, my persona, like I don't have a, like, I'm just me. I, I don't put on a persona cause I, I don't have the wherewithal. Like I'm really bad at strategy. Like I can't do that. So I'm just kind of always like flopping around. Like I'm just flying by the seat of my pants and just like showing up and being really, real and so I wonder how everybody else will and I know there was like certain people would like hypersexualize that certain people might like pedestalize that other people might be like ooh that's really ugly and gross and raunch like who know I don't know how I'm. I see some people might be really inspired by that because I'm not I'm kind of doing an unorthodox way like I don't have a great sense of like how I'm perceived or like so I don't know what if I'm bucking any kind of tr like when you say when you said earlier yeah. that you felt that you were hypersexualized um yeah. by 
people in your communities that you were in even, yes. which should be safe spaces. Um, did you feel yes. like you were hypersexualized as a woman specifically? Yeah. Okay. I well no, but also then I feel like had I see the way people just hypersexualize like lead like like cis male singer like yeah. it seems to be like if you're on stage yeah. like rock and roll is kind of like oh somehow you're also like signing a contract that's like yeah and this is all like sexually based and it's all like to get like it's the di- like I right. I didn't think of I don't think of set like, and also maybe it speaks to my like I don't sexualize no. Like Fugazi, I don't sexualize. I've never. I don't sexualize like Pavement or like Sonic Youth or like I don't do that. Even I don't. It's not in my nature, yes. or it's. Yeah. I don't find that's helpful. I when I'm listening to music, I'm not like this is sexy. Like I'm like uh, I don't know. So maybe it just. I I might just not know what I got myself into, and I just wanted to play music and express myself. But you're kind of in this realm that's like you're on stage. Your body, your physical. I t- I had a I had a body that I guess people responded to because it also uh, fell into like it it seemed to adhere to these like super toxic like white supremacist like patriarchal ideals of like the beauty standard. I'm white. Like it just seemed to be like maybe I kind of was playing into stuff that I didn't realize I was playing into. Like I don't know. I just kind of started feeling like, oh, maybe this is bigger than me or I'm not. There's a lot going on that uh, I didn't sign up for and it feels icky. And it almost seems like you think that by me being in a band and playing rock and roll, I'm okay with that kind of talk. I'm okay with that kind of behavior. I'm okay with you. Like it seemed to, I don't know. So I don't, again, like these are all things I just try not to think about because like I just want to write like I just have melodies and like these song ideas that I just want to get out and it's funny that then all of a sudden it's like well what's the genre like you're like okay well what I don't know you're kind of you're playing into this whole cultural thing or the history of I don't know I've I've long felt this that this is going to sound weird I almost was going to say I kind of think sex is dumb but I don't think sex is. <laughs> right? I, no, I don't sex think it's stupid. I don't, That's what this podcast I mean, should be called. If you really think sex about it, if you really think about it, it is kind of a stupid thing. Really, that's what you're. Like, but, but to fixate it, yeah. on it, to sexualize <laughs> everything, like as we're speaking, this is this fucking uh, premier in Saskatchewan who is uh, oh, bringing yes. this like legis like he's fighting legislation about pronoun usage. Uh, and I know that yes. I know that's not sorry. I don't know. This is getting into a whole bunch of other stuff, but at the root of it is this constant, incessant obsession. dialogue, obsession. Yes, with obsession sexualization, with genitalia, and, and yes. sexualization. And, it's like you are yes, and it's everywhere. It's in all the commercials. Like I watch. Like I, I, I don't know if I talked about this before uh, we were rolling here, but we have movie night in my house yes. on Friday nights yes. with my family. you're having chips. Yeah, we, yes. yes, I did. I told you we're, we, alter, <laughs> we alternate between fresh popcorn with a popcorn machine and chips. Anyway, yes. it's interesting because I'll throw in... I like to pick movies that I think uh, my kids may not normally get to see and they can be like uh, yeah. old Hitchcock movies or... Yes. And just the constant... Or, or like comedies that I think are going to be okay for a 12-year-old and an 8-year-old. Yeah. There's just always this innuendo and there's always this bullshit and I'm just like 
as a and I okay, I'm gonna sound like such a prude. I don't want to say <laughs> I, sex is. I, I, I'm not stupid. I just want to be careful about this because I clearly I don't think it's completely stupid. But I do think that yeah. we, oh, we yeah, talk about it, yeah. we talk about it and think about it in contexts yes. that make no sense. Like you're exactly yes. right. Going to see a band, it is a pretty um, for any of us who have been on stage. You're exposing your, 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 sorry, you're leaving yourself in a pretty vulnerable physical state of, hey, everyone, yeah. the show is starting. Can hundreds of people look at me? Look at and me. And as they're yeah. looking at oh. you and listening to you sing, their eyes might wander to your shoes and to your calf muscles and your whatever. Yes. And you're like... Your butt. Yes. Yeah. But is that... That shouldn't necessarily mean... I'm thinking sexual dirty thoughts or whatever, you know what I mean? It's just we're right. human beings and yeah. we get objectified. Anyone, I'm I'm sorry, like anyone who goes up on a stage whether yes. you're being sexually objectified or not, but you're just like, "Oh, there's a I'm going to stare at this person for an hour." Yeah. And you're being like hyper perceived. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I I didn't I I don't really have a grand point here. I feel badly for uh Folks like you who have felt that's that is more than simply the experiential circumstance that you're being scrutinized. Um, that's a horrible feeling. And I've never, you know, I've played in bands and I've toured and people come up to me and talk to me after. And I've I'm so naive that I don't think anything of it. I, I just I'm like, right. yeah, thanks. It was a fun show. That was fun. Thank you. Yeah. We got to go. And that's yeah. it. And then someone later will be like, you know, that person. They were kind of talking to you a certain way there, and I go, "What do you mean?" And I'm so stupid, right? I yes. don't think that yes. way. I'm, I'm, uh, I just don't think of that. And then, so I, I just know that I think you and I are probably on the same page with it. It's dumb that this thing that is a natural thing and it's a part of attraction should also be this obstacle to anyone having a a, a nice, normal, <laughs> meaningful yeah. interaction with a group of people or their audience or whatever. Yes. I'm sorry I went on a run there, but do you relate no, to what I'm saying? I do. And it's also yeah. just because, like, even if you didn't realize you were per- being perceived or, like, in a certain... Like, it, it takes me out of the experience if, like, afterwards then I see people's photos. Like, people will take photos and then you see them online and it's like, oh, that's like a... Just like you had to wait to get that shot. Like, that's a specific type of shot that you... Just the way it's, like... Yeah. yeah, like just to, just to say that, like I don't think about how my body's moving or what I look like until, and until it's yeah. described in a review or like it, it used to be like so. But now, like the, the t- times are changing. Anyway, I just love that there's a whole new wave of people not revealing their bodies on stage or wearing like, you know, just like whatever kind of clothes they want. Like, yeah, and it's also like even in my algorithm, like it like. You'll see, like, there's like just certain like get ready with me for like not be not being perceived, like like let's wear an outfit where nobody can tell what my body looks like, like that's a thing, and like tube outfits, like where you get ready for the night, but then you wear your joggers and your sweatpants and your sweatshirt, oversized sweatshirt, just to go on the on the metro or like to get to where you're from A to B, but like peep, it's not just me, like it's people with bodies who um, tend to be the bodies that get hypersexualized and that yeah. um yeah it so it's obviously like people are waking up to like wait a minute i and not like we should be responsible for other people's like <laughs> 
it's not like the person with the body should be the one responsible for how uh, safe they are. They should be safe no matter what you're wearing and uh, if, yeah. if you're naked. But anyway, so yeah, I, I'm excited. Like I can't wait to be touring again and even just be trying out new ways of dressing myself and dressing more comfortably in a way that like I feel good about and that like, you know what? Like you didn't pay enough to see if I like if I'm of like, I can do an OnlyFans and make a lot of money that way because it's like behind a paywall. But if I'm just like playing a show and I'm trying to get, I'm doing my job, I don't also need to be thinking about like how my body looks for you. Like the music yeah. should be enough and I shouldn't like, but, um, but again, that's like throwback attitudes, like really harmful attitudes that I know are changing and I'm so happy to see it. So, yeah. but yeah, I'm excited to get back on tour and I love all these bands that cite me as like influences. And I just would love to get to like, I would love, I kind of want a sec. It, it almost feels like maybe I could have a second chance at like experiencing rock and roll, but like in a more, uh, in a safer and like more free way. Like yeah. I know I'm getting older, but now I'm kind of like, wait a minute. I want, I want to do this again on my terms and like with a safer group of people who actually like, or, you know, just like, so that, that actually is exciting. I know we're kind of, I know I'm dwelling, like we're talking about, but again, I think that's healthy too. talk about the way shit was and how it affects, how it has lasting, like long-term effects on how you have to talk about it. You have to, you do. We don't, yeah. we don't learn. So, we learn from these precedents, right? We learn from, yeah societally we learn from our collective mistakes i hope and and yeah. you hope things you, hope, yeah. you think you hope things perf- uh, improve there seem to be uh it seems to me calling a record performances in your state of mind has multiple meetings uh it can be it's probably a little punny because these are performances but i also That's, yeah but but i think given what we just talked about in terms of the way people present themselves on the subway, certainly on social media, like the notion mm-hmm. of this is all very performative is something yes. that's really coming to the fore. Was that on your mind when you came up with this title and, and characterized this album in such a way? Yeah. Oh, man. Again, I feel like I might be like rewriting like and again, like the more people that like I'm so lucky to have people. <laughs> Re, like interpreting it for me because then I can be like yes that is why but I don't really necessarily know exactly how I got there it was kind of like a oh my gosh I can't name this like what would I call this album like it is like tech and then I was like we'll break it down what is it and I'm like well it's just me performing songs so literally it's performances yes and so there was kind of like a okay that's kind of just a way almost like um classical music is like oh well this is an etude or this is a I can't even think of it now like open like there's or uh, this is a, I can't, of course, I'm like have, drawing a blank, but you're just describing what the type, like it's an aria or this is a, a symphony. Like it's like, it's, you're not really give, giving it a name. You're just describing what key it's in and what you can expect from, you know. It's, like like a, the, it's a signifier of some kind. Yeah. You're just describing yeah. what, again, I could have called it songs or like, oh, this is a record. Like I was kind of just like, I don't know. Don't make me come up with a title too. Like I have, I struggle so much with like, I maybe overthink it or I don't think it's going to be like, I think I've done that with every record. I'm just kind of like, uh, 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 like I'll look somewhere and maybe the way a word looks is just a visually appealing to me. And I think it would look good in print. Like, 
so, and I, that also does inform performances. I also like, I have to write it out and go, okay, that's a beautiful word. Yeah. Like I just, and I love that. And performance, like it's, on peut le traduire, like les performances, performances, it's bilingual. I don't know if that even, again, I don't know if I thought about that, but hmm. I must have. Like, so yeah, I guess there's that. I mean, and, if we're, ta- we're we were talking about, like, we were talking about the gender performance, for example, or the, or, or, well, so the, or the yeah. perception that gender is being performed even. Like, that's the weird thing is that yeah. you can project, but people project stuff onto you and you don't even realize it. And it's yes. all in this weird realm of while well, you're clearly presenting yourself as this, so you must be this, and you're and the person yeah. will be like, no, I'm not. I'm just wearing sweatpants and taking the metro. Like you, know, I don't know what you think. Yeah. So I just feel yes. that's a really loaded. Again, I yes. I appreciate at least the two meanings as a as an artist and a yes. creative person. But I imagine that must be swirling around a little bit, like this notion of what yes. what it means in life these days. Yes, com- yeah. totally. And yeah. also just with like people learning now, just with even like, like holistic or neurotypical and neurodivergent yes. and masking and performing social roles. And like, but and like, by the time you get home, just this like, wow, like the four o'clock burnout. And like, I know children too, like coming home from school and just like being like, okay, I don't have to perform yes. these like social rules. Yes. Like, so there's a lot of performing just like across the board as a society, as we live under capitalism, as we live under like, say, like white supremacy, patriarchy, like those there are a lot of rules there that we kind of just, like, I guess, act, subscribed to that yeah. we don't like. So like there's the idea also of just like decolonizing your mind, decol- those are decolonizing how we approach our life. And there's also like unmasking if we're having if the more we learn about um, our our own brains and like all the variations and how there's a lot, it just seems like there's a lot of like deconstructed or just things that we can do away with that aren't serve that don't serve anyone. <laughs> like they really only cause harm. And so I think there's that too. Mm-hmm. And like, and even within the family role, like performing, I don't know if you're the youngest child, if you're the eldest child, like if you're the sensitive, like we have these roles that we seem to then, that's just yep. the role that we're assigned yeah. uh, that we're, but but it doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily true to who we are it's just kind of you get these things these yeah these roles that you end up performing and then when you actually have the chance or the permission or the time or the or when you've hit rock bottom or you're struggling and you really have to dig deep and do some healing and you're just trying to do away with like do away with things that aren't serving you you kind of can go wait a minute what's this aspect of my personality is this something that rings true to who I am or is this something that I didn't subscribe to and I like unsubscribe <laughs> I'm just like unsubscribe <laughs> from all these like subscription services that like we never I didn't do I don't want that it costs too much it's like not true to who I am why like why would I like so anyway it's a lot I guess uh, it's a it's about everything it's always about everything all at once I think for those of us who do any kind of labor who work I don't know I wonder if some of what you're talking about and some of the insights you have now are born of this pandemic because for those of us who work office jobs i always found it odd i've been finding it odd for like 13 years when i first started i used to have to commute from guelph to toronto i would take a laptop in the morning all the way to toronto and plug it in there and i could have just as easily uh left stayed at home and done it and then the other part of it as you were speaking that i think of my wife still has to do this a couple times a week i work remotely now but like she'll come home 
with her office outfit on and be like, I got to get out of this thing. And then she'll put yes. on more comfortable clothing. And I yes. think a whole wave of us, because I'm, as I'm speaking to you, I'm wearing jogging pants. But if I, when I go, when yes. I go get my kids, I'm probably going to put on pants and <laughs> you got to put your hard pants. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to wear my outside pants. So I'm still performing. I'm still like, I can't, yeah. I have a weird Larry David, George Costanza thing where I can't wear jogging pants in public. I'm like, I feel like I yeah. maybe have given up if I do that. It's just like a social, social stigma, it's a, social yeah. stigma. So I'm yeah. like, I will put on my yeah. real pants to go get my children from school, but that's yeah. performing. So we're all kind of performing. Yes. And I think we're learning about that more and people are starting to reject it. Why should I pretend I'm f- any yes. fancier or more relaxed than I actually am? Yeah. 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 Okay. And I think I'm also excited. That gives me hope. Like I, I do feel like the younger generations just won't have those that same messaging. And I feel like they do what they do what they feel. <laughs> like and they'll even in terms like people are like you can't even like put them in one box because like they'll dress like they'll listen to this kind of music and that kind of music or they'll dress a certain way and like there's no like it's hard to box them in and it's again because like they're punk rock like they don't uh, adhere to maybe any of the uh yeah again as we're speaking right now it's just dying out now but i don't know if you follow the u.s politics at all there liz but there's this guy senator john fetterman from pennsylvania and he's a yeah. big, tall guy. and uh, Yeah, he just had a brain issue. Yes. He had that stroke. Yeah. He had a stroke, yeah. And he yeah. Uh, he's caused a bit of a kerfuffle because he shows up to work in like, like sh- basketball shorts. shorts and a t-shirt. And there's this huge yeah. outcry among the suits saying you have yes. to wear a suit. And he's like, dudes, if you spend as no. much time worrying about people and their lives as you do my suit, my, my lack of a suit... Yes. We're really at this stage. Like, what is real? What is pretense? Yes. Why does it matter? Yes. The NBA, I, no one's mentioned this at all. All the coaches used to wear suits. It made no sense. They would all be on the sidelines on the NBA wearing suits. Right. Yes. And since the pandemic, they went in the bubble all wearing whatever, team gear. And that, after they yeah. went back to the arenas, no one's gone back to a suit. It's all bullshit. Because right, we don't want to. Yeah. We don't want to. Yeah. yeah, we're just not doing things we don't want to yeah. do anymore. Because, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. I love I it. I don't think it's bad. I think no. there's a little bit of nihilism that I worry about, but I also right. think it's good. <laughs> and I embrace yeah. it. I'm like, okay, good. Yeah. We're all. <laughs> no, but. Uh, there's a thing that my family and I have uh, been uh, absorbed in lately, Liz, and I feel like you might relate to it. A show called Family Ties. You ever seen that? Oh, that's really funny. Yeah, I started wa- like rewatching. It's on a sh- it's it's on a channel that we have on the TV. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's why sit. Yeah, yeah. That's so, part us. We it's a segue. We could segue into one of the songs called "Sitcom." That's the next single, and it's definitely that's what I was gonna, where I was coming oh, from. Okay, See, I'm yeah. the king of the segues here. Look at us. Look I, at us. <laughs> Sorry, I just stole the segue. <laughs> no, I saw that. I was like, hey, I said to Michelle, "Look at this. You won't believe this." Because what happens is this channel. I don't know. There's a couple of them. They'll play Cheers. Which is a horrible yeah. show. I didn't realize how horrible yeah. it was. Like, very funny. Yeah. Incredibly, just nothing but sexual harassment and yes. misogyny yes. The whole, and alcoholism. It's horrible. Yes. But, I, but I, yes. we, I can't help it. I'm like, this is from my youth, so I watch it. And I'm like, oh, yes. my God, how can he say that and do that? And then yes. they play a block of family ties. And yeah. uh, I watch it with my kids. I watched every one of those over and over again yes. in syndication. And uh, now my kids are starting to watch it. They're like, this show is good. 
And I I feel like it holds up. It really does yes. hold up. First of all, before we yes. get to the song sitcom, uh, do you feel like that show surprisingly is is actually okay in terms of its dynamic? Well, well, yeah. It's a, I think it's a testament to like how problematic you didn't have to be. Like there were people, like there were voices and writers, like that knew what was up and knew how to not be transphobic or homophobic or problematic or misogynist. Like it was possible, like in a way it's yeah. kind of like, well, yeah, family, I mean, but also it's a white middle, upper middle class yes. family. So it's like in, 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 a, like, again, we, you know, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, in terms of, and I, and golden girls, I thought I get golden girls. So, so funny. progressive. It, it's very, pro- so funny. And so funny. So progressive for yeah. its time, yeah. even just, yeah. So, those two stand out for me as like, okay, I can I can rewatch these. And yes, it is comfort viewing. And it also isn't like cringe uh, for the most part, obviously. The Family Ties was interest- is interesting to me still now because I didn't think I'd be revisiting it in my mid-40s. Yeah, but I, 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 <laughs> I, I, it's on the TV, so sometimes I just watch it. And uh, yeah. for those who don't know the show... Progressive liberal hippie parents, like literally, they grew up. They were in the '60s, and that's where they came of age. Yes. And uh, then they've got they have archetypes in terms of how they cast uh, the characters that play the ch- like. So Michael J. Fox, for those who don't know, Michael J. Fox that was his starring role, and he yes. plays like an arch conservative Republican kid yes. who's like all about business. Yes. You know, yes. classic. The, the the hippie parents, progressive parents, actually raise a, a staunch conservative. Then they've yeah. got a really, really smart. Uh, they at the, for a long time they end up having another child, but the the youngest daughter is very smart but pretends not to be, and then yes. the middle child is Jennifer. is criticized for being kind of sort of a punk, you know, falling in yeah. love with a punk uh, character, yes, uh, but also not being the brightest or being cast as not being the brightest. But it's just right. an interesting, uh, particularly with the left right stuff, quite an interesting and brave way of exhibiting how dialogue can work on some level because they all learn a little bit from each other in a way that I guess it's centrism and it's meant to appeal to everyone but it is (laughs) it is occurring to me as I watch it like this doesn't happen anymore like you you don't have these kinds of characters really mingling anymore because people are like don't even want to bother we're so divided like it's either one or the other yeah. Anyway, there's no common ground. Yeah, to be, yeah. I, I don't know why yes. I brought this up, except that I feel like uh, you know this song. The, I know the sitcom uh, in particular was a bit inspired by the Family Ties theme song. At least, is that correct? Yeah. Well, just those kind of theme <laughs> song, like even like um, like the like uh, I want to say the Love Boat, even like Young and the Restless, like these. This yeah. like the piano or keys that are just playing. And again, I don't have like, yes, I've been brought up in music and music is my life. But in terms of um, like music theory, like, whoops, I got really bad. Like, I'm not a conservatory. I was a Suzuki kid, ear trained and um, self-taught like guitar. So I don't really know what the chords are, but uh, I know they're kind of jazzy. Like, I know there's like extensions there. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that the feel for me or like Hill Street Blues. Oh, yeah. Like that. It's just it's just an alternating chord from one to another. I'm sure somebody listening to this right now is like, "Oh my God, Powell! It's a whatever, whatever." Like some sort of but, seventh um, or something. And I don't know. Yeah. yeah, like so. But I I just like whatever that vibe is. Like whatever. I'm just it. And again, that's like that's something that uh, as I should have been in the practice room at Concordia Music School, I should have been practicing um, like an actual piano piece or my voice, uh, like ear training, where you're 
I should have been practicing, but again, I just don't have any real self like discipline. And I just would kind of play around and improvise. And I think my teacher was teaching me, um, uh, like, uh, Sati Gymnopédie and the, it was just big reaches, like, oct like, I think I was just having fun with the shapes on the piano and I just hit a certain, and this is going back like 20 years. And I hit this just cool progression that I always kept. It was just my comfort. When I would sit down on a piano, I would play those chords. And then I kind of maybe had three or four of those chord shapes that I would always just play with. Yeah. And that somehow now that I was making a record really just on the, like I would bring up the like keyboard on the keyboard, like the, the MIDI keyboard in, in on my computer. And I was just playing like, okay, the J key and the L key. Like I'm not even playing a real keyboard. I'm just kind of anyway. So I think I just gravitated to that as like a comfort jam, but because it reminded me of, all the like Hill Street Blues, Family Ties, a lot of these opening theme songs are kind of like I've noticed since like Game of Thrones. Like there's definitely a new yeah. type of like TV theme song that I can't put my finger on, but it's yeah, I, I can't describe it, but that's not, it's, it's, but that's it's, not it's, this. It's, like it's, it's, it's so more this is cinematic. a nostalgic. It, like, it went from, I feel like those theme songs were yeah. like, this could be on AM or FM radio to know yeah. now it's like yes. a big score it's like a film yes. every tv show like sounds like it's it feels like it's going to be a movie is what i'm where i'm coming from yeah, yeah. yes yeah. so but again so maybe again nostalgia there's probably something here like just comfort viewing and and just a personal challenge of like kind of like and also like oh cool i do want to have a song that sounds like that like kind of like not john tesh but like this kind of like yeah just a style that I would never dare to think that I could put on a record, but I'm like, well, it's my life and it's my record and it's my music. And so I'm going to do it. Like, and maybe yeah. it's not for nothing. Like somebody will hear it and be like, Oh, cool. Or like skip. I don't no, know. No, it doesn't really matter. It, like, I don't it's know. It's all very cool, but I just want to ponder this for a moment. I know you've sort of uh, deferred from knowing exactly where things have come from. And what they might yeah. mean, but but Liz, I can't help it. There's a song here at the end of the record. And I hope I'm. Am I pronouncing this right? Quinteeks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That too. It's like, oh, it reminds me of the Twin Peaks theme, but I'm kind of. It's kind of inverted, and it's actually obviously not those chords. And then just to save the file in my, because I'm really bad. Like I'll I'll be really inspired, and I'll have this flurry of like ideas. I'll record it in Logic, and then I just need to describe it somehow. And I also it needs there's like a thousand really bad ideas in there, so I need to call it something that like reminds me of what it is. And I was like, I think I was like, okay, Twin Peaks, but then I was like, Twin Peaks, like I don't know. Okay, it's, so I'm not. It's not I'm a real word. With words, it's not a real word. No. I'm mispronouncing. Okay, so in the no. in the description for Twin Twin Peaks, which is hard for me to say, apparently. It's a spoonerism of Twin Peaks. Uh, yes, I get it now. Uh, yes. I remember there's a quote here in the biographical info. I remember giving Laurie, the drummer, so many drum yes. references like Fugazi, Tortoise, and Trans Am, and she yes. kept on nailing it. Uh, and then it, yes. later it says, I loved all these indie rock bands when I was younger, so this felt like a return or at least a tip of the hat to my teenage self. So throughout this conversation, we have talked yes. about you or someone being a baby. We have talked about 
Yeah. 80s, uh, 70s and 80s sitcoms that give you comfort. We have talked yeah. about you changing and altering your voice and doing something instrumentally that you've never done before. I'm yeah. I have no way of nailing this down exactly. If 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 it wasn't for certain aspects of what I just said, I would say this feels like someone who's reflecting upon their past to launch a new version and iteration of themselves. Um, That's really funny that you say that. Yes. So my dad just said my dad just said the same thing. I was like, Dad, what should I talk about? Like I was like, Dad, give me some talking points. What do you think? What's what's going on in my life? And he was like. This is your new life. You are entering, you're making a new life for yourself. Okay. And this is your new, and I thought like, yeah, dad. Okay. Thanks. So me and your dad. So some, and I didn't know. Yeah. So me and your dad are picking up on something. <laughs> yeah. You're mansplaining my record. Oh no, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I love it. I didn't no, mean to do like, it. No. I'm joking. I'm joking, but I had to, I had to say it. I want to ask you, I'm not, I, uh, the opposite I hope of mansplaining is, am I, uh, No. That would be mansplaining too. Confirm that I'm <laughs> confirm that I'm correct, please. Uh, so I feel good yeah. about myself and my esteem. Okay. Is okay. is let's put it this way. Do you feel like maybe that's what's going on for yourself? Did that is that maybe what this swirl of past, present, who am I? It's a reflective record on many levels, but is that too reductive to just say? Because I mean, I feel like any record someone makes is reflective. Of something they've gone through, but how this, could it not? Oh, yeah, this feels like st- stock taking yeah. slash memory, like warm feelings, hard feelings, strange feelings. Yeah, where am yeah. I gonna? What does all of this, uh, these building blocks? What does it mean for me now going forward? That's what I think might yeah. be occurring if I may psychoanalyze you and your record. Yeah, Do for you sure, because I can't this? afford a therapist anymore, so please, psychoanalyze away. <laughs> I can't do the $180 of session. Oh, thank you. Um, well, I need I'm to not pay saying rent. You didn't like, I'm not saying no. you didn't like who you were. I'm not getting that. Like, to give oh, up yeah. a, your primary instrument no, seems just, radical. Yeah. Yeah, which I guess I didn't even, If if anything, it speaks to, like, how... I didn't identify with my instrument as much as other people identified that instrument with me. Like, I think that's where I was like, oh, you think of like, I don't even think of myself as a guitar. Like, I just realized Hmm. like, oh, right. I'm kind of the last person to like, I like, I love playing guitar, but like, I never thought I was great at it. I just love doing it. And then when I stopped for some reason, loving to do it based on, just not having access to a place where I could get loud. Like I, when I play electric guitar, it's because I want to hear the overtones and I want that dual over. Like yeah. I liked it. Like I played to my circumstance and I just like we do, like I played to my environment and maybe, yeah, I think I had, I think I was shrink. I had to shrink a bit with the like pandemic and shrinking with the like, Oh my gosh, I'm maybe, um, maybe I'm going through some gender journey that I didn't even realize I I could go on but this is awesome but also there's a lot of like there's shame and there's like people want to know you a certain way so you kind of feel like oh I guess it's the whole like here we go like the goo like I was just goo and and not to do the whole like caterpillar to butterfly thing but like they're just goo in there like it's not actually a like I kind of got gooey and maybe not as maybe I didn't know what I was doing it was all it's all just survival based and it was a coping mechanism like and but I also feel like what's funny is like I want to play 
like I love playing rock and roll. Like I don't even know if I want to play these songs live. Like they're just kind of like it's a moment in time that had to be captured. Mm. Well, it had to be captured because of because of album cycles and because of the industry and because you have to like some it was kind of like the reluctant record. Like I didn't it was a very reluctant process to like make these songs to flesh them out and to make them more than just like journal entries and just like fever dreams. Like I kind of resented like I always do, I kind of resent having to make records because I feel like it like somehow interrupts. Like I never want to capture capture the song and and have a start and an ending. Like again, maybe like I just I just hmm. so maybe this speaks to that. And because I didn't have anybody in the studio other than me, like I had nobody either kind of like building me up or kind of. I didn't have in a way because I had shed all these roles and shed all these maybe people that were telling me who I was, or I stopped thinking about that. I was really like, Oh, there's kind of no structure. Like it's really gooey in here. And mm-hmm. I, we're just going to go with the flow. And I hope that the people who love the music the most just have it as an artifact. And maybe like, I think Marriott, Marriott is the single for me. Like, I just wish the album was just Marriott. And it's so funny when the record label picked all the singles and I was like, oh, my God, that's so funny to me. That's the vibe like that that song. I just wish I could play that song forever because I could just live in that song. Like that song is my like amniotic flute. Like I live in that song for safety, for like I love it. I love just the way my get like I love that song. That song is like it's like the whole record for me is just a vehicle for that song to like be out in the world but I also then love how like everybody else just developed all the people from the record labels were like they developed a relationship on their own terms with the other songs and that's so cool too so it's like a lesson in like just have the courage to like do the thing make the art do your best like to not adulterate it or like yeah censor yourself like be as free as you can but also like try and honor the listener. Like, I don't, I don't want this to be like a record that I, like, I don't want it to be on list. Like, I don't want to scare people away or, or I don't, but I don't really actually worry about, like, I don't think that I'm not worried about that happening because I also know the next record is going to be really special too. Like I'm planning on making records yeah, yeah. well into my eighties if I'm lucky enough. And this is kind of like, I kind of feel like I earned the right to make a record like this just like when neil young did his like um electro like did he do like an electro record or trans. like the bow coat or like yeah oddly like, enough oddly enough it's called trans <laughs> beautiful beautiful so like and like i just feel like it's kind of a flex that and it's also like i feel safe within my within the people who choose to listen to me and who have, who support me and ha- and like i know their names like i know from Facebook to live shows to now Instagram, like these same people, like they, they're lifers. And so I feel like I do it for them. I don't really need um, like new, like I would love it if people hear the new, somebody who's never heard me listens to this music and goes, Oh, I like that. I'll keep, you know, but I don't really, I'm just kind of trying to honor my relationship with myself and my creative process. And I'm also trying to honor my like record label obligations. And I'm also trying to honor like having new music for people to like, like sink their teeth into. And so, but you know, um, beyond that, 
And it's so funny because I'm such a deeply insecure and unsure person, like self-esteem that could use some work. So like, it's funny though, that I'm really confident about releasing a record that I'm like not confident about. Like, I love that I get to do that because I feel so safe. It's like when you're with, when you're with your people, like I don't worry about what I look like. I know that they love me for who I am and that's safety. And that, and I think that's, that's what I would like to highlight. It seems like that headline keeps getting like quashed or it's not a good enough head. Like, but for me, it's like, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for always having had listened. And like, and it's just so wonderful to be able to have people that even want to hear this record and that are pre-ordering the vinyl. Like you're spending your money in a recession in a world that's like burning, like, and you're spending your money on my records. Are you kidding me? Like, so it's still like, it's, this isn't like a, I just, it's, it's, it's a record I had to make and I'll, I'll probably never make a record like this again. Like, so in a way, like, yeah, I'm glad it got captured but it's always a very painful thing for me to make a record because it's so like, mm. ah, like I have to actually follow through with things and make decisions and like uh, think about what I'm doing instead of just like, imp- I mean, maybe the next record will like just be a free flowing improv session. But, um, but yeah, I think you can do whatever you want. And I don't think this is a, a purely abstract or indulgent record. It's still a pop. Yeah. It's still like really yeah. catchy and haunting pop record yeah. so um yeah. i'm sorry that it was well no i'm not sorry i, I think you're processing uh, oh, the highs sorry, and yeah. lows of of your life, life. And, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean uh, which yeah there's also humor like you cite in the in the info i was sent about marriott uh the quote the, yeah. uh, the quote here i think it's from you i listened back to the album recently and i cried really cried yeah. when this song came on it's alive and it really moves me i love it the more yeah. i listen to it and later you yeah. say those songs, you mention other songs in your catalog that are similar. And in those songs, I feel like I hit it in a really devastatingly personal way. These are healing yes. songs. That sounds heavy. Yes. Meanwhile, one of the major portions of the song is like a childhood taunt. If you like it so much, why don't you marry it? Yeah. Yeah. So there's yeah. like a childhood innocence yes. and good humor thing happening as you kind of deal with heavy stuff and I think that's really yes. fascinating I mean it also reminds me of Single Ladies by Beyonce if you like it right? better put a ring on it which is a play on that too yes. so all I'm saying yes. is these songs do stuff to me I don't think they're that obtuse or impenetrable I feel like you've made okay. really accessible music here and for what it's worth talking to one person me I hope you realize that it's resonating. <laughs> like these these songs will resonate with people. That means a yeah. lot. Okay, that means yeah. a lot, Bish, because like, yeah, we've come up together. You've known my music since <laughs> like... We were kids. I was making yeah. the four-track songs, I Think You Ought to Love Me More. I'm looking for that master of that CD that I made with Andrew Collins. It was like a bunch of songs with like, young and beautiful as anything. Young and beautiful. Like I think, like imagine me singing that today. I was joking with my dad, like just like old and tired and like just like I don't feel but it's a beautiful like I I would love to that's like such a time capsule yeah. and like you were there for that and for yeah. like yeah Belle Epoque the acoustic yeah. stuff like yeah you've you've seen me through all my iterations all my life phases and so that's a really rare and special uh, perspective to have on my music so thank you no, for, you're welcome um, yeah <laughs> I'm glad you. we're both still here and, and around right? and 
yeah. making things and talking about things. It means a lot that you make time for me every time. So thank you for. Oh, I always say yes to you. Uh, yeah. No, thanks for remembering me and uh, and, uh, oh, and all those uh, sorts uh, of things. No, it, yeah. it means a lot. So uh, listen, we've That's we've mutual. given people a lot a lot of stuff to think about I hope and I hope they it, yeah, it, it, it yeah. prompts them hopefully not too much <laughs> <laughs> I hope it prompts them to check out this uh, beautiful record um, Liz um, you mentioned I think you mentioned that some tour stuff might be in the air um, uh, but also this record's coming out I guess I in a catch-all way if people want to keep up with uh, Land of Talk updates about tours uh, where to get the record are there uh, is there a specific place or places you would recommend I seem to be like most active on Instagram and then that we always have the link that goes to like, you know, yeah. the link tree to um, tour dates and stuff. And as um, as of, like we don't have any tours right now, we were just excited about that potential Depeche Mode and we still are excited Depeche Mode. Sorry about the visa issue, but we love you. And yeah, any uh, we're probably who knows, maybe hopefully spring uh, there'll be some tours. But um, and also with this uh recent um life kind of upheaval with family i'm definitely focusing on uh, caregiving and just helping lighten the load here in Aurelia until maybe january or february so that's i don't think there are going to be any shows unless i can get a show like a solo show at saint paul's church here in Aurelia, or maybe like a house show in montreal but yeah uh, just check the instagram site and i always i have a patreon too where i just release um, like what i'm writing for the next record and just my cover songs like a Mary Margaret O'Hara cover, a Traveling Wilburys cover, just kind of the stuff that you don't get, um, oh. you know, on the, on the socials. So cool. you can help me there, uh, support, support an artist, or you just get to have uh, all the news you want on Instagram. Cause I also post all the stuff for the new record there. So, okay. Well, I'll link yeah. to, I'll link to those things. May I quickly awesome. ask which, which Wilburys song did you cover? Uh, handle with care. Ah, okay. That's a good one. Yeah. I love that one. That was, I have a sense of memory. That was the first big single by that band. And I was like, I knew all those guys. And I was just like, what the hell is it? It was so great. I know. I know. For a kid, I must have been, uh, (laughs) what year was that? 88 or something? So I was only like 10 or 11. And I was just obsessed with that album. Uh, Oh, me too. Yeah. And Me too. But then, yeah. (laughs) I I realized we got a lyric wrong. All of my friends, we would sing... um, Last night, and the, the lyric was, uh, she was there at the bar. She heard my guitar. She was long and tall. And we thought she said she was the queen of the mall. Like the queen of the mall. Queen of it. Queen of them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them all. But I keep picturing this like just gorgeous queen of the mall. And there's like Arden and there's Burger King. You can go to the cafeteria. Anyway, so. You know, given, um, yeah, given, given some of the lyrics, it could have been Queen of the Mall. Like, that was a pretty loosey-goosey, really you know. Yeah. There's probably a mall mentioned in Tweeter and the Monkey Man. There's all sorts of things mentioned on those songs. So, yeah, oh, I, yeah. Love, I love that. Uh, I'm actually going back to Ontario in October just to see Bob Dylan at Massey Hall. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to go, go see him. That sounds a, awesome. Go see him a couple of times. So I, I, I love... Beautiful. Mask up. Mask ho- up. I will. Hopefully he plays... Yeah. Uh, Handle with care or Tweeter and the Monkey Man. He never does, but you never yeah. know. It could happen. No, yeah. <laughs> we'll cosmically make Bob Dylan. You and I right now will just make him. Yes. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. I should do that. Uh, if we can go out on a song from performances and not either volume one or volume three of the Traveling Wilburys uh, discography, um, what song would you pick for us to hear, Liz? 
And also, why did you choose it? Can you? Oh, yeah. Wait, sorry. What my auditory processing sometimes. So what did you just say? <laughs> what are the rules? I, it, it can't be from performances? No, no. I was saying Wilbur? it can't be a Traveling Wilbury song from uh, volume one or volume three. Uh, okay. It has to be from performances was my joke. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, I got a little muddled there. I love it. I apologize. No, it's okay. I, I'm sorry. No, I didn't do well. Yeah, no, <laughs> verbal directions are difficult for me. <laughs> uh, if there's a song from your record that we can go out on, uh, can you choose one for us and tell us why it came to mind? Well, I mean, obviously we know I'm going to pick Marry It because that's, that's the song that I feel like is the heart. It's like the load-bearing song of the record, and it's the heart and soul of the record. I mean, I would say that, or I would say, um, I would say, oh, what's the one inch? Oh, uh, I love fluorescent blood too. Yeah. So, but I would say marry it. Okay. Now for those listening, uh, just listening and not reading the, the song, it's not the hotel chain, the Marriott. <laughs> yeah. It is marry it. So that's yeah. what we're going to play. Uh, yeah. And we've talked about it, I think, uh, already. So I don't think we have to explain it any further than that. No. Uh, from the beautiful new Land of Talk album uh, performances, this is a song called Marry It. Liz, uh, always, uh, you know what? I'll just say it. I love you. Thank you so much I for being you. on my show and for making time for me as always. And uh, I wish you the best of luck in the future. And I hope we talk soon. Vish, I love you too. So let's just keep, let's just, this should be how we greet and say goodbye to each other. All love. I've always, I've never had anything but love for you. Thank and you. I hope your family's doing well. Wish them well for me too.
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's always so nice to talk to uh, Liz Powell. Uh, as you heard, long history between us, and it was very, very lovely to hear chat about this new land to talk album performances uh, this time on the 808th episode of creative control which is part of the entertainment one podcast network and is available almost everywhere you get your podcasts 
If you can't find an episode that you've heard about or you're looking for it, like maybe some of uh, the previous Land of Talk episodes. There's been a couple, I think, on this show. Or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. Everything you might want is at my website there. And also like Creative Control on Facebook or follow the show on Twitter at Vish Creative, or you can follow me directly on Instagram and on Twitter at Vishkana. And I'm also on uh, Blue Sky and TikTok and Threads and all the other things. So uh, if you want to seek me out there, I'm. If you find Vishkana, it's probably me. You can tell by the photos and whatnot. Also, please visit Patreon.com/slash/CreativeControl to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain the work that uh, goes into this podcast. Uh, you can see there's different tier amounts. At uh, $6 American or more a month, you get access to exclusive content. You get episodes earlier than everybody else. And if you're interested in uh, getting a Creative Control t-shirt for yourself, I still have some uh, designs and uh, sizes available. So again, if you can, and like I say, you don't have to do $6 or more a month, but that gets you some of those perks um, but any amount that you can afford and feel comfortable with uh, that would be great and you can always change it at any time you can go up you can go down you can cancel outright uh, whatever you, you choose to do again support creative control on patreon if you can thank you thanks again to uh, some independent businesses that provide in-kind support for this show those include pizza trocadero the bookshelf and planet bean coffee in guelph and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. Fine, fine independent businesses in Ontario, thanks to them. I also want to thank uh, my old pal Jim Guthrie. He lets me use some music of his on this show, and you can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, you there listening right now. Thank you so much for digging into this episode with uh, Land to Talk. I hope you will check out uh, Lizzie's new album, Performances, and potentially see them on tour if they manage to get out sometime soon otherwise i hope you will consider subscribing to this podcast uh spreading the word about it you know i don't normally pander for uh, reviews but there's been some i've noticed uh, there's been some negative ones so if you have a positive review you want to leave for uh, creative control on your podcast provider please do that's all i will talk to you very soon be well bye for now Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 